Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of the Search Report podcast. I'm joined here today with my father and co-host, Rob. Hi, everyone. And um, so for our first few episodes, uh, we're going to be focusing on just basic internet marketing 101 stuff that, that all business owners really should be focusing on to get their online presence going. On our last episode, uh, our second episode, we went over some website stuff uh, for people to get going. Um, so now with this one, we're going to dive a little bit more into SEO stuff. Uh, we touched a little bit about SEO in the last podcast, some basic stuff that people can do. But now this one, we're going to dive dive more into it. Um, I'm going to pass it off to my dad, Rob, here, since he's the SEO expert, been doing it for 15 years, so he really knows his stuff. Um, so dad, why don't you give us some information on some basic SEO stuff? All right. Well, <clears throat> I'll start with the definition of SEO in case anybody's wondering. Um, SEO stands for Search Engine Optimization, which means optimizing your website so it performs well in Google and the other search engines. Um, there's kind of many steps to SEO, so I'll go over the basic ones with you so you understand you know, what it is and why it's important. Um, so with any, as you know, when you do a search in Google, you type in keywords to find the business you're looking for, and you may or may not know the name of the business. Most of the time you don't. So you'll search for the service you want or the product you're looking for. So if it's plumbers in Vancouver, you're gonna type search plumbers in Vancouver or find me the best plumber in Vancouver or just something along those lines. Uh, you, you know, there could be thousands and thousands of plumbers in Vancouver and you don't know who the best one is. So you're assuming Google will give that to you. Well, that isn't actually necessarily the case. The one that shows up at the top is the one who's doing the most effective SEO. That's how Google chooses the sites that rank at the top, not by if they're the best or not, or if they've been in business the longest or not, or they have the most employees. It's the business that does the most effective SEO to get there. That's what I do. That's what I've been doing for 15 years. So the first step, of course, with SEO is trying to figure out what those keywords are that people are going to search for to find your business. Now, there's lots of tools out there to help people do that. One of my favorites is actually, it's by Google. It's called the Google AdWords tool. You can go to it by just going to, you can type in your address bar, google.com slash AdWords. Uh, you will need a Google account to use the tool, but the Google account's free to sign up for. So if you've got a Gmail already, you can use your Gmail account to log into it. Um, if not, I think they prompt you to create an account at the time, which is like, say, it's a free account. So once you're logged into Google AdWords, um, at the top in the navigation, I'm kind of doing this from memory, I don't have my computer in front of me, there's a tools bar, and in the tools is a tool called a keyword planner. So the keyword planner is actually where you're going to go to do your keyword research. Now, the nice thing with the Google tool is it doesn't, you don't necessarily need to know what people are searching for. What you're going to do is in the keyword suggestion box is type in the words you think people would use to find your business. And then when you hit the submit button and you give it a, you know, a few seconds, Google will present you with a list of uh, choices of actual searches done by actual people and the volume of those searches on like a little bar and how competitive, <clears throat> excuse me, how competitive they are. Now this tool will return the results more for ads. So these are the ads you see at the top on the right, but it gives you a really good starting point because you know, um, if those are the keywords where ads are showing up for, they're also the keywords that people are using to find products and services. So you can use those as a really good starting point for optimizing your website. So what you want to do is put in the keywords you know, it'll give you a list back. You can then export the list to a spreadsheet if you want and then sort through and find the ones you think are most relevant to your website. <clears throat> so once you've got your, your keywords chosen, I wouldn't necessarily go too many. Like it's going to depend on how big your website is. Um, most websites are five to 10 pages. So you probably want to stick to the first, you know, 10 to 20 phrases 
the you know the ones that are most relevant to you and you what you want to do is work those phrases into the content of your website that's kind of the first step <clears throat> figure out those phrases are and then add them to your pages so that your pages become more relevant for those phrases when people are doing searches and as we touched on in the last podcast um, you'll want to if you're using WordPress or any other content management system or really any website you want to find a plugin if it's available um, in WordPress there's one called Yoast it's just one of dozens out there that do that allow you to do uh, search engine optimization for your website <clears throat> Yoast is the one I like to use so if you download that plugin install it in WordPress you'll have the option to add page titles and descriptions um, these are kind of the invisible tags that you can't see when you're looking at a website but for example if you do a search in Google and the blue link you click on that's generally the title that's in that tag and the text underneath is generally the text you find in that hidden description tag so what Yoast allows you to do and all these other SEO plugins is uh, put in custom tags for your title and your description and so what you want to do is take those keywords you've researched and you're going to put in those keywords into the tags on the pages where you've added the content so for example if if it's plumbers in Vancouver and you put that on your home page you know looking for one of the best plumbers in Vancouver call it today now actually that could be your title tag you're looking for a plumber in Vancouver give us a call today there you go there's your title tag and then in your description you can say we're one of the many plumbers in Vancouver we've been in business for 25 years we're uh, you know BBB plus a rated whatever and then click here to call us there you go you just optimize your home page that's as simple as it is for optimizing your website go through and do the same for all your other pages and then that's the first step you've done your keyword research and you've optimized your web pages that's the core of SEO right there okay so I know that there's um, obviously when you when you go and you hire a professional SEO firm to handle your SEO for your website and you're not doing it yourself um, there's there's like like weekly monthly upkeep right yep. yes. there's there's all sorts of things like that so it, you it doesn't really stop after you just optimize your pages does it no no and that's the thing that's that's why I say that's the very first step of optimizing a website is is, is doing that keyword research and opt, you know putting those keywords into your pages and into those hidden tags you know on your pages to, to help make that page more relevant in the search engine's eyes for that search phrase but like Christian says it is a monthly process and um, the second step is actually the kind of the ongoing stuff and that's called link building um, that's where you get other websites to link to your website um, and why that is important is because when Google came out um, the guys who founded Google figured out a really novel way to rank web pages was based on how many links the site had pointing to it it was revolutionary when it happened it was not something anybody else was doing at the time and it did actually show a much greater correlation to quality because you know if you look at it from the point of view of a website owner let's say I'm a let's say I'm a blogger and there's a business I really like so I'm gonna write about it and I'm gonna put a link to their website for my website so that link is like a vote for your website so you know you think of an election the, the person with the most votes wins the election it's kind of the same thing with with search engine rankings in a very general term you know in general sense the site with the most links that are related to that website or relevant to that website is a site that ranks the highest now of course there's lots of other factors involved you know you can't just go out and get 10,000 links to your website in a month and expect to rank number one all of a sudden that actually will probably cause you more harm than good so that's why we do like this monthly ongoing link building program we offer for our clients so that um, we get you the right number of links from the right sites on a monthly basis so that we don't set off any red flags with Google you know get your site caught in any spam filters because we're doing anything naughty it's all 
all above board and getting the right links to the right sites. And like I said before, the sites at the top are generally the ones that are doing the most effective SEO. That means in general, they're the ones doing the most effective link building. Right, so really then just, just constant business development is key. You know, you want to be reaching out to as many different websites and, and blogs and, and vloggers and people related to what you do as possible to, should, to try and get their shout out almost. Yeah, and you know, like we touched on in the last podcast, you know, uh, using your Twitter account, using your Facebook account, you know, using your Instagram and Pinterest accounts, using YouTube, using all these other sites out there when you, like for example, like I said, when you say you write a blog post on your website and you then you share the link on Twitter and you also post it in Facebook. Well, there's a couple more links to your website that you never had before. You know, if you do a video of a project you're working on and put the video on YouTube with a description and a link back to your website, well, there again, that's another link to your website. Now, granted, you can't be doing, you know, a video a day and a blog post a day and everything else because you just can't get that many links from Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. But it does show that it's a good place to start. You know, and then, of course, you want to reach out to even like local business directories in your area. You know, the Chamber of Commerce, if you're a member, see if you can get a link from their, you know, their directory on your listing. Um, other websites, see your friends and family or bloggers or host a contest. That's another great way to get links to your website. Post a contest on your blog. Say, you know, if you're a painter, you know, using the painter as an example, you know, you give somebody, you know, give people discounts on painting jobs or free paint or something like that. Because then what that does is encourages other websites to share, you know, your contest information along with links back to your website. So all these things are tactics you can use to increase the number of links back to your website, which are totally legitimate with Google. Right. And I mean, like we touched on on the last podcast a little bit there, it's just, it's crazy how, how all these different things like, like web development and, and SEO for sure. And even, yeah, social media, they all work hand in hand. They're all kind of merging together as just internet marketing in general. You know, it's almost like SEO isn't going to be just SEO one day. It's going to be SMO and, and, and your website and, and everything all in one. Like, what are you doing for your whole internet marketing efforts, really? Oh, exactly. Like, when I first started doing out SEO, um, it was basically just about getting links from other websites, you know, because obviously Facebook and Twitter and those sites weren't around. So we used to, you know, we used to use a pattern where we focus on external link building for a couple of months, you know, getting sites from other related websites. But then also, for example, might for a month look at doing some press releases because press release sites at the time were really big. So we'd write some articles to post on press release sites and then we'd switch back to regular link building and then maybe throw up a few more press releases and maybe find a few directories to submit to one month. So it was always kind of a, a planned thing, but it was over, you know, we do regular link building month one, uh, press releases month two, directory building month three and so on and so forth. Well, you can't do that these days because Google watches everything and it's it, it knows if you're artif- it's against the rules to try to artificially inflate your link popularity in Google, but Google also is built on a, on links, so you kind of have to do it in order to get good rankings. But you have to do it in such a way that Google's not going to see that you're doing it. So it's kind of a funny system. Yeah, you have to just do it like really organically then, almost. Well, that's why it's called organic link building. Yeah. Search engine optimization is organic search engine marketing, basically. And yes, so <clears throat> what you need to do is basically make it look as natural as possible over enough period of time, because Google does use history as a ranking factor. So when I said earlier about getting 10,000 links one month, well, Google's going to look at your history and say, okay, you got five links here, you got 10 links here, you got two links here, and then you got 10,000. That's not consistent with your history. So we're going to you know, devalue 9,997 of those links because they don't have, you know, obviously you did something to try to influence us. So we're just going to ignore a whole bunch of those links. 
So that's why you need to do consistency, and you can increase over time for sure, but it's got to be over time. It's got to be a gradual increase and no big jumps here or there because uh, Google will tend to penalize you for that. Now, <clears throat> speaking of that though, um, if say something newsworthy does happen, say you had a month where you gave away a car, your business gave away a car, so you got lots of press for it. Well, Google understands that, so they're not going to penalize you for that, you know, because they, they know again, you know, the press sites and the bloggers and stuff who will, who will be involved in those sorts of things. So they're not going to penalize you for them, but they do they do see stuff like that and they kind of watch for it. Right, yeah, that's that's another big thing, I guess, that, that people don't really think about. Google will penalize you. They'll knock you down a few pages and say, oh, sorry, you got to work your way back up. Yeah, and actually that's that's always been a big controversy in our industry over the years is what's called negative SEO. <clears throat> say you're doing such a good job of it, your SEO that you're number one for everything you ever want to be found for. Your competition's going to say, well, crap, we're never going to beat him. So let's turn around and try to knock him down. So we're going to flood the internet with thousands of links a month pointing to your website. And that, you know, it worked for a little while because there was sites that for no apparent reason would just disappear. But again, Google caught on to that because they can see where all these links are coming from. They know the bad neighborhoods where links are coming from. And if all of a sudden your website starts getting links from bad neighborhoods, then Google can figure out, kind of go, oh, okay, well, somebody out there is trying to do something to this guy. So we're not going to penalize them for that. But they used to. They used to do that. That's why it was called negative SEO because your competition could go and get your rankings lowered by doing things they knew were bad. Right, and negative SEO. That's also it could be the same thing as like black hat SEO too. Um, black or... hat is a different breed altogether. Black hat's using all kinds of different tactics to get links to websites. Like um, if you've ever heard about hacked websites, or you say you've gone in your browser and you've clicked on a link, and your browser tells you this site may host malicious software. That's usually a result of black hat SEO, where somebody's you know hacked into a website or found a flaw in a website code and used it to exploit the website and. Then, you know, post links to web, you know, back to their clients, that sort of thing. That's more along the lines of black hat SEO. Um, what I'm talking about is more negative where, yeah, your competition just goes out and, and it'd be like, you know, posting bad reviews about your business, you know, your competitors on there, on your, you know, on Yelp or whatever, and posting a whole bunch of negative reviews about your business just to try to look, you know, make you look bad. Okay. But you do white hat SEO. Then. Oh yeah. That's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> no, everything I do is all above board. I did, uh, play with a little bit of black hat with my own sites never anybody else just my own sites just to see how it worked and it actually did get one of my sites penalized pretty severely <laughs> doing it but I learned a lot actually I did learn a lot I, I learned where Google's thresholds are I learned you know what line I can walk up to without crossing so it uh, didn't make me more effective in S as an SEO expert than not trying at all you know like it, it actually it's, it's surprising but there's a lot of tactics out there that supposed white hat SEOs are using that are not good they just they haven't been caught yet. Uh, like, for example, submitting themselves to a directory that uses, uh, you know, <clears throat> that, that posts directory pages on all their clients' websites. So, for example, when you sign up with this website, they say, yeah, you know, we'll charge you 199 bucks, and you got to put these three web pages on your website. And in exchange, you'll get 10,000 links. Well, but what you also don't know is on those three websites, web pages you host on your site, you're also hosting links to a whole bunch of other sites. So it's like a giant link network or a link farm. And those are illegal in Google's eyes. So eventually you're going to get caught and you're going to get penalized for them. Okay. Yeah, and that's just why, that's why, well, you really know what you're talking about when it comes to this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. I feel like uh, what's been going on a lot in, in I mean, the, the SEO world, I've been, I've been looking at a few SEO experts, quote unquote, these guys who really just got into it in like the last five years, 
they, they really don't know what they're doing. And I mean, I've, I've told you about a, a few people I know that are my age, I won't name any names, but they, they're going around claiming to be internet marketing experts, SEO experts, and they're, they're not. <laughs> no, I, it's, that's why it's funny when I hear about universities and colleges teaching search engine optimization programs, because I've talked to a few students taking these courses and like by the time they get out of school, even if it's a three month program, everything they've learned is already, it's antique, it's out of date. You know, I was talking to somebody at a party a while back at a friend's party and she was telling me all the things they were using. It's like, no, that doesn't work anymore. Well, what about this? No, that doesn't work anymore. Well, this is what the professor said. It's like, no, no, that's going to get you penalized. Sorry, it's not going to work. So yeah, I know all these <clears throat> younger people who come out and they read a few books and they, you know, they're members of members of a few forums and they think they know what's going on. But in my experience, they don't. Um, it takes a long time to understand the industry and understand what's being said and even you know from google's point of view when you read what when google puts out you know an update and they tell you what the update's about you really can't always trust what they're saying is 100 percent the truth you know you got to read between the lines a lot so you need to understand the culture of the industry to understand what's really going on right yeah it seems like you you just have to live it for sure because i mean like when when you got into it right i mean like earlier we were talking about how uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, all these different sites, YouTube, impact your SEO. But when you got into it 15 years ago, YouTube wasn't a thing. Of course, neither was Facebook, neither was Twitter. And and yeah, like we talked about in, in our first podcast, you didn't even come into it to be an SEO guy. You were just a network admin and you fell into SEO. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And like I said, that, it, it, you know, it was like, it was the early days of the internet, even though the internet had been around for a while and we've already been through the dot-com boom and bust by then more or less it was still fairly early days and a lot of the technology we have now like there was no mobile device searches there was no yeah no youtube i mean um everything was done a lot more manually back then like websites were built more manually i remember a friend of mine i was thinking about the other night we started blogging before there was blogs we didn't know what we were doing we were just sharing gaming information on a website and it was a manual process we'd have to go in download the home page, post the update to the page, save it, FTP it back up to the web server, write the page, you know, hand code the page you wanted to actually post the article on, upload that to the server. It was all a very manual process. You know, so even that, I mean, I started blogging before anybody even knew what blogging was. I didn't know what it was at the time either. It just, it's one of those things we were doing for fun. And then we realized, I realized later on how important it was for SEO. Right. And then of course, I think it was Evan Williams that came out with Blogger and then Google bought Blogger, and then it was just, of course, you, you realize, uh-oh, now we're going to have a big, huge blogging explosion. <laughs> yeah, and actually, that's the thing. You know, the reason, part of the reason Google bought Blogger is because it's a free service they can offer people blogs, and but it become another tool that's being exploited by, by SEOs where, you know, if you want to link back from blogger.com, you go self-host a blog on, on Blogger, you write a few articles with keyword links on them, and boom, you've got links from Blogger. So Google realizes that now, and they, you know, they devalue links from blogger because they're used for spam you know it's not it's just what it is i mean it was a good start blogger was a great idea but seos who got into the game early realized the value of blogger from an seos perspective and so they started using it now everybody does it and so google says well no you can't do that anymore it's not no no i have no value to you and then now of course yeah we have Twitter, which is essentially a micro blogging platform and it's just it's it's insane to watch the evolution in this industry and I mean I remember when I was when I was a, a kid I mean I would I would ask you like hey dad what do you do for work you'd say SER or search engine optimization or something I'd be like like I don't know I think I was like seven or eight years old just like 
what? And now, of course, you know, just, just with how crazy technology is going, and of course, uh, you know, I, I've grown up in it, it's just, it's insane to look back and, and see how much has happened. And yeah, now, how SEO now, it almost, it's it's SEO, it's it's SMO, it's it's your website, it's it's everything. <laughs> oh yeah, SEO, that's the thing, that's your you know evolution of this industry, is SEO was always kind of... Uh, as an SEO, we considered ourselves a walled garden. It was like there was SEO, which was like the online, on organic stuff. There was, uh, you know, the paid stuff, which was like with AdWords and that sort of thing. And the two didn't ever really work together. You know, when when you hired us to do work on your website, we usually hired two people. You hired an SEO expert and an SEM, search engine marketing, which was what they called themselves, search engine marketers. And we were at search engine optimization specialists. So it was, even though we we're kind of doing the same thing, it was on two different branches of the same thing. We were doing all the organic stuff, getting you found in the free rankings, and they were doing all the paid stuff, getting you found for paid, you know, the same phrases, but in, in the ads. <clears throat> and then there now we have social media optimization experts who work on Facebook and Twitter and all the other social media sites, and they don't know anything about SEO or SEM, but in reality, it's all the same thing. You can have different people doing different parts of it, but it all goes towards your Google rankings in the end. But yeah, I mean... Uh... With of course we talked a little bit about SEO experts, but yeah, now of course with social media, just go on Twitter. Everybody's a social media expert. Yeah, and I mean some <laughs> of them are, some are really good, but you know, as you know, like some of those so-called experts, experts they post the same stuff on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. It's like, well, no, like the right idea of social media is test each channel. You know, do specials on each channel, find the ones that work the best for you. Don't just blanket everything with the same. It just, it's not effective. SEO is the same thing. You know, when people start, you know, these experts that get in there, they post links on all the different websites, but it's, it's the same link, the same text, just on, a, you know, a hundred or a thousand different websites. That's not the best, most effective use of link building for SEO. Your really good link builders know that each link is unique and should be treated as such. And each site that it comes from, you know, the link has to be relevant to that site, but also to your site. So the text surrounding that link is also important. You know, it's not just a matter of posting a bunch of links to your website. It's, it's there's an art to it. There's a real art to it. Yeah, and that yeah, of course, with link building. I mean, I think you were telling me once you kind of you you built your own link building system, didn't you? One do you keep it secret? <laughs> oh yeah, it, the core of my business is is link building. It should be the core of any SEO business. Any SEO who tells you they don't do link building, you don't want to work with them because link building, like I said, link building is the core to Google's PageRank algorithm. PageRank is the core to Google. Uh, so therefore, links are the core of Google's ranking algorithm. You need links to your website. Our secret sauce changes on a monthly basis, sometimes weekly. It, it has to. We we respond to what Google's algorithm changes are doing, and you know, trust me, it's getting it is getting trickier to do because you know we talked about RankBrain in one of our podcasts, Google's latest ranking tool, where it trains itself. The algorithm trains itself how to rank pages, and it's getting better at it. So it makes our jobs a little bit harder. Now, it doesn't mean the links aren't important. It just means that some of those links are not as valuable as they once were. Some are more important. So it's always tweaking that secret sauce to find the right balance of, you know, directories and blog posts and one-way links and two-way links and link exchanges and press releases and everything else. It's, it's constantly updating, changing thing. So much. I can I can see how it can get really overwhelming for just, just a single SEO by himself. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. And, you know, and the thing is, it's different for every website. It's not like we have one one thing we use for every site each site gets you know hand 
linked, hand-chosen links from individuals from you know around the world, depending on what your industry is, what your competition's doing, how big your website is, what it's about, what products or services you're selling. Like it's all, you know, that's the other thing is, is SEO is not a boilerplate thing. It's not uh, the same program for everybody. It's got to be different for each site or, you know, because you're like, for example, if, if you do a certain type of work for a plumber and you try to do the same type of work for an electrician, it's not going to work because they're just, they're different breeds of websites or different breeds of industries. You know, there's certain crossovers, like some directories and stuff where you can, you know, put plumbers and electricians in the same directory, but it just, it's two different types of businesses that therefore they require two different strategies. Yeah. And I know for, I know there's a lot of SEO firms, professional SEO firms for the lack of a better term, they, they do do that. They have that cookie cutter formula for each business that they work with and and it sucks <laughs> yeah and i mean you know it's it, it is it's it's not the proper way to do it you need to find the right mix of what works for that industry or that person and even you know like you know living here we you know we live in Kelowna the city of Kelowna is about 100,000 people and there's an area called West Kelowna which is just across the bridge from us which is probably another 20 to 30,000 people and so it's, it's geographically close it's relatively close to us but what works out there for SEO doesn't, it's not necessarily works here in Kelowna and vice versa. It's just, just that alone, the geographic difference could be enough to really mess with an SEO program. Really? Just, just across the lake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing like you know, Los Angeles or Vancouver, like a big city. Um, it's pretty much impossible to, you know, position yourself for something in, you know, Vancouver, but you break it down to West Vancouver or Surrey or Langley or, you know, one of the suburbs of Vancouver and then you can be much more successful. Right. Because I guess you have to start thinking about like the mindset, I guess, of the the people who are who are living there. You know, if if you live in Langley, you don't live in Vancouver, right? Sure, people in Kelowna and stuff. When we refer to Vancouver, we may be referring to Langley, Surrey, Burnaby, but but really, it's Langley. So you have to optimize for a business in Langley. Exactly, and that's actually you know one thing I tell a lot of my clients because I do deal with clients in bigger cities, and that's the first thing they say. Like, because I do have a lot of clients in Vancouver and you know, painters and plumbers and electricians and whatever. And it's like, well, I would be number one for painters in Vancouver. Well, you're, you're in Surrey. Yeah, I know. But it's like, well, no, like you're in Surrey. You should focus on Surrey first, then work your way out to Vancouver and West Vancouver and everything. And that's, it's one of the first mistakes a lot of people do try to do their own SEO is they go too big, you know, like, <clears throat> so you sell MP3 players. You don't want to be found for Britney Spears or whatever. <laughs> like you want to be found for MP3 players or whatever. Like, you want to be found for what you do in the area you do it. Don't go too big because otherwise it's never going to work for you. Start locally if you're a local business and then work out to other geographic areas or, or other industries as you start gaining success for where you start. Don't go too big to start. Right. Yeah. And I think one thing I really like that I heard once is you have to, you have to uh, reverse engineer uh, uh, your product and the people that are going to be buying your product, right? You have to think, you have to really put yourself in their shoes and think, okay, how is this person that has no idea who I am, no idea what my business is, no idea what my product is, how do they find it? Well, exactly. And that's why, you know, going back to what I said with the Google AdWords tool is a lot of, and again, starting with a lot of clients I work with, especially like engineers and that sort of thing, they'll throw a bunch of uh, technical terms at me and they'll, I'll do keyword research for them and, you know, shoot them back a lot of, which almost seem like dumbed down words and they get, they get all very upset. And it's like, well, no, I understand what you do, but this is what people are searching for. A lot of times they're two different things. That's why with the keyword tool that I suggested earlier with the Google AdWords tool, you have to, as a business owner, step back and don't focus on what you do, but focus on what people are searching for that might find you because that's really where it's important. It doesn't matter if you do some type of specialty painting, 
you know, you can tell that to them when they when they reach out to you, but they're just looking for a painter. That's what it comes down to. And if you want to limit yourself to this, you know, the painting specialty you do, then fine. Just know that instead of getting 10 calls a month, you're only going to get one call a month because it's only going to be the one guy who knows what you actually do as opposed to the other nine that just want a painter. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we're, we're, we're getting up to about half an hour here on, on our podcast and, you know, we want to try to keep them down to about 15 minutes. But, of course, you know, if... We could talk on and on and on for SEO. I mean, just to, to close us off, I mean, how many different factors are there again? Like, there's over 200 hundreds. with Google. There's hundreds of factors, and they change daily. That's crazy. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, like I said, we could, we could talk for hours on this, um, but, of course, we're not going to. We know you guys are busy. You have things to do. Um, so if you have any questions for, for my dad, Rob, or for me, uh, if they're SEO, of course, direct them to him because I don't know a whole bunch. Um, it's, his Twitter is at rsullivan25, um, and, and my Twitter is at christianrjs. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening. On, on Monday, we're going to get more into some social media stuff, um, talk a little bit about that. Um, Dad, do you have anything you want to close off with? Uh, no, like I said, just the biggest thing is if you're going to do your own, start doing your own search engine optimization, is take a step back and look at what people are actually going to find you for and don't be offended if it's not exactly what you think your business is about because it's really in the end you want to make money the best way to make money is to find your customers where they are not where you are of course reverse engineer your customer exactly awesome thanks a lot for listening everybody um have a great day